I know there's been a lot of obscenities around your house. You are cleaning, you're cooking, or you're making reservations for that posh Passover resort, and it's leading to all sorts of uh, unfortunate talk. Well, same goes for us, and there may be some of it on this show. So if you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen, listen to another podcast, or send the kids to bed before listening to ours. There could be obscenity this week. You mean when yeah, they I mean, have, there are some which is my parts. favorite part of this right. whole book. You don't want any, any no, this is a book liberal about undermining. Any lily liver. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Amalek. Nice to see you. Yeah. I, Juice I just... here. We have tanks now. Hello, Passover cooking and cleaning Jews. This is Unorthodox. I am first among equals Mark Oppenheimer. Is that an okay thing for me to say, guys? Sure. I used to say host, but then I realized, but you guys are hosts as well. So then I said MC. Anyway... <laughs> You're here. like a bar mitzvah motivator. <laughs> the the, the, the uh, I'm here with tablet deputy editor Stephanie Butnick. Hello. Who is having a coffee and a Tropicana orange juice and a bagel. I just had a bagel. It was delicious. And I'm here with tablet senior writer Liel Leibowitz. Hello. Liel is mid-bagel. This is our bagel episode. That's right. This is in, how real we are. In anticipation of the holiday when we're not supposed to eat bagels. Liel, do you keep Passover? I will this year. You will, Because you're like the king of the bacon cheeseburger. So I will this year. Why? Nope, we'll have a he'll have a bacon cheeseburger, but he story. won't have the bread. But that's right, <laughs> just the pork. That's Leo's Judaism. So in anticipation of Pesach, we are doing a whole show just on bagels. We have a great lineup. We'll be talking with a Gentile who learned to make bagels to impress his Jewish girlfriend. We'll be talking with the co-founder of Cleveland Bagels, which are all the, the rage in the bagel community. We'll be talking with the author of the Hogwarts Haggadah. That's a real thing. We'll get a report on Israeli bagel culture, and we'll have a, a, a dispatch from Montreal on the famous Montreal bagels, which I've never tasted. They're good. They're good. No, they're not. And cookbook <laughs> author Shannon... What was that? <laughs> <laughs> They're not good. And cookbook author Shannon Sarna will fa- fake messiah. We'll talk. We'll talk with us about the, <laughs> the history of the bagel. Uh, so all that in just a a minute. Um, I want to say, Liel, you're technically a bagel eating Jew right now. How does that square <laughs> with your own personal religiosity? Because I'm perfectly fine eating bagels. You know, right? All you need is a Seinfeld episode, and you're purely a cultural. And you're Jew. the person you yeah, hate. All I need is that, and like not really believing in God or knowing anything about Judaism, <laughs> and I'm. That. And you're that which you behold. Sadly, you know, some terms and restrictions may apply. Uh, are we psyched for Passover? What is, where does Passover rank in our personal, you know... I love Passover. The greatest thing ever. I also want to say, like, it's one of the holidays where if you're a bagel Jew like myself, you actually don't go to temple. Like, temple the is meal, like a, a, a shul, I take it. It's like a synagogue? A temple, yes. Uh-huh, a shul. A temple. Well, a conservative temple. Could we say something about... So Do conservatives shul, call it temple? So, yeah. Temple? Do they no, really? no, shul is only orthodox. No, 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 no. Let me explain. Temple. Are explain you more explaining right now? I'm going to Mark explain it to us. So I've looked into this at one point. So synagogue was the, you know, which is the Greek term for sort of gathering place is like, was the English translation for a very long time. Reform, Ameri- American reform Jews called it a temple right. because they're not expecting the real temple to be rebuilt. It was an anti-Messianic right. notion, which was, right. we're not, you know, the temple's here now. It's in the diaspora. Now, here's so. the thing. I am expecting it to be rebuilt. And not in Long Island. Right. So you're not going to call it a temple. That's no. really sure. rude. Interesting, which of course is just Yiddish for worship pl- I mean it's from school but it's it's a separate word now and it means worship place right synagogue shul has actually picked up huge steam in america it's one of the yiddish words so certain yiddish words are in decline and other yiddish words have come on strong 30 years ago nobody but the most orthodox called it shul now you'll find total bagel jews with a reform temple saying we're going to shul tomorrow anyway I like Passover because it, it revolves around a meal and it's the whole process, the whole the whole I'm sorry, unlike other Jewish holidays. No, but the whole the whole Seder plays out 
in the, over the at the, ta- the meal. yeah at the table, and I love that about it. And it's so it's to me. I mean, first of all, right. Exodus is like my favorite book of the Bible. Like I love this. I think I just think it's so much so fascinating. So I, I do love. I feel very connected to Passover. Yeah, it's it, it's a holiday that revolves around books and food. This is pretty, pretty, pretty much, on board it's pretty much my and life. I really like entertaining, and so I like having people over. There you have it. Um, it's going to be one of those vegan satyrs. No, 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 no. Veg- well, so furky. So at our house, it's vegetarian, and but when we go to my mother's house, I mean, she wants to serve chicken. That's I mean, that's fine. we don't tell other people what to serve in their houses. What's a piece de resistance on on your table? So like I mean, squash, the, the flourless chocolate cake. Well, we do sit sit. I should say Sid does all the cooking. Let me pre mazel Let's call a spade a spade The mazel tov is, is to sit for doing all the cooking. But I Mark mean, loves entertaining. <laughs> I love <It's, laughs> taking out the Haggadahs an hour before people arrive. Everything is easy. <laughs> That's actually uncomfortably true. Like what you're saying, what all of you are thinking right now, which is that Sid slaves away for three weeks ahead of time. And, like, hey, and you welcome hey, everyone at the welcome. door. Have so a drink. To see you. My preparation starts. Sid, make that man a drink. <laughs> Let me pivot for a second and say that I'm really curious if you've thought when you and Ben Cohen have your own when you were home when you establish the Cohen Butnick the Butt Cohen household what the tradi- will you guys ever host a seder so will Ben dream, lead it my dream is will to you? host a seder are you the leader oh I've, I'm going to lead a seder sweet. Come on. I have not discussed this with Ben, but that's like my dream. But like we have a studio. It's a very small apartment, but we have one of those like tables that folds teeny tiny out to a really big. And I'm like, I, we could do this. But I mean, look, the first night we're going to the Butnicks. Second night we're going to the Cohens. The two night holiday is perfect Can as someone a, who's like. I, I also I, I have a, I have a, like an actual like an actual life conundrum that I, sh- I really do need your help with. It involves Seder leading. So around every you lead, table, right? But but I don't know what it actually means to lead, and, and this is what my question is about. Because around every table, you have some people who are really good readers, or also maybe comfortable with the Hebrew, who like really make a passage come to life, right? And you have some people like, and then Rabbi Tarfon said to Rabbi Ben Zimra, and but that's neighbor. part of it, like, right? But here's my question: Is it permissible slash advisable to kind of stage manage this? In other words, saying like, why don't you read? Because we used to go around as opposed to just going yeah. around sequentially. No, right. there's there's an art. Like when my so my dad leads a seder, and anytime there's like a lot of Hebrew, he's like Leslie, who's his brother-in-law, my uncle, and like who you know is yeshiva educated. Uncle Les, <laughs> Uncle Leslie, yeah, he's and he makes the the greatest chopped liver. So like Leslie do, takes the takes the Hebrew. That's just how it goes. Interesting. So we so it's like the shout 18. out to Uncle Leslie. Yeah, Leslie basically. takes the Hebrew. Basically, Elise takes the poems. What do you get? Elise, the wicked actually, child. No, Sid, likes, the way, the Sid likes getting the wicked child. Well, it's like always a joke who gets what. But my dad is like really into Jubu territory now, as we've discussed. He's going to like insert reading he from likes, yeah, that, like, that niche There's always and... like a printout at the beginning for everyone oh, to read. He's a handout usually, Actually, usually there's like a tablet article Nice for everyone to, to Can I suggest to... a, a, a really good appreciation of Billy Joel for this year? <laughs> Too a, divisive for the Seder a... table. <laughs> I will say some of my favorite Jewish times have been seders. I think that, you know, my parents led some very good seders. They took us to some good seders. Um, I had some relatives who did some wonderful seders. Um, and I think I've led some halfway decent seders. Some of my least favorite Jewish times have been seders at certain people's houses where, like, I had one relative who led it so 
badly. He just undermined it from the start. It was like, okay, I guess, I guess we should open the Haggadahs now. That whole thing. So give me, because I, 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 and I say this completely genuinely. I bet you lead a really good save. Yeah, like there's, there's, there's questions. Give me, give me, give me advice, because I've give never us all done advice. this. I've okay, number one, stuff. number one, the the we have a Haggadah that's basically a graphic novel cartoon Haggadah, okay. which is perfect for the kids, but actually it's perfect for most adults too. Like our kids this year, just to interrupt, will be perusing. Uh, Moshe Rosenberg's Hogwarts Haggadah. Right. So That's great. use a fun Haggadah because the point is. But I make my own Haggadah for the rest with like deep, deep. What? Readings. Yeah. That's I, I make cool. one every year. I have to say, there was one year where all of a sudden there was like 10 copies of the Jonathan Safran Foer Haggadah. It did not go well. So I'm just going to say, like, you want a fun and because the story is heavy enough, the story will carry the meaning. Let the Haggadah have great pictures, let it not be too. You know, two two. It would have been enough. Another thing: have some little munchies, have some some crudite, celery, carrots. Oh, duh! In advance, like yeah. don't make everyone starve until they get. No, to that's it. what I, Leslie's chopped liver is. Yeah. What what is chopped oh, liver? Oh, so last year we actually had vegan chopped liver too. Ugh. Almost tastes the same. Okay, three other things. Oh yes, <laughs> since you asked, say um, Shachakianu at the beginning. Say like this is the first time this particular group of people is gathering together. Let's honor that. I think that's but that's nice. too religious. I think. <laughs> Just like, I'm joking. Just, I also, you know, what else I started doing is, um, we say a kaddish for anyone who's lo- who's died in the previous year. Just go around. Has anyone lost anyone? Or does anyone remember anyone? We have a minion here. Let's say a kaddish for them. And then you have to, you have, if you're the leader, you got to lean into the singing. Like when it's when it's Dayenu or Eliyahu Hanavi. Like, yeah, but then my fo- every, my voice sucks. But you got to own. But then it. every asshole comes with their own like particular tune, and then like all of a sudden you're realizing thirty seconds in that people are singing seven different songs. Well, singing is is fun, right? More singing is better than less. Are your in laws coming again, Liel? Yes, they are. So who's who's at the table at the Leibowitz table? Uh, some friends, some family, uh, some Jews, some non Jews, many mostly non Jews. It is a little awkward when for non Jews, I think, to hear some of the content. I think Jews would be in no, the minority. Jews love Passover. Yeah, no, but they're I mean, the only ones who like, take it seriously. But there's a lot of like the Gentiles. God I don't bless know. them. There's like a few awkward moments for yeah, like for. Like what? The that part revealed about the way Jews. The liturgy was not. And, and you're naked and your breasts are like that no, part. No, no. Where's part is that like, part? The going are like, oh. Where's that part? Magusta. I saw it in my Haggadah. <laughs> our first guest this week uh, is Ben Piggott. He is our BOTW boyfriend of the week, um, not Jew of the week, and he's he's more than a Gentile of the week. He's in the Royal Australian Navy, and he is the uh, significant other of Naomi Telushkin, who is the sister of our producer Shira Telushkin. And um, Ben, you are you are in no sense Jewish, right? Not uh, not currently, although I do, do plan on being Jewish at some stage in the future. Yeah. All right. So so Mazel Tov. So you're dating Naomi, right? Or d- maybe dating undersells it. But um, so we heard that you you have a bagel story for us that comes out of your relationship with with the Jewess. Can you tell us about your history with bagels? So um, I had never really thought about bagels as a Jewish food. They were sort of, in my mind, they were an American food, if that makes sense. Um, and I'd never thought about them very much before I started dating Naomi. But her place in New York is near Absolute Bagels, if you're familiar with it. Sure. The best bagels on um, earth. That's what I've been told, yeah. So I um, I thought, well, here we are in Perth in Western Australia. So we, we need to get on this train. So I went to um, what I believe is the only kosher deli in Western Australia in the suburb of Menorah, if you can believe that's what it's called. They make the Jews live in Menorah? Um, of course they do. 
That's right. That's, <laughs> that's it. So you walk around Menorah, there's this kosher deli and, uh, and one of the three shuls in, uh, in Western Australia, I think. Um, so I went in there and I got some onion bagels and I thought these are pretty good. So I thought maybe we should go home and, and try and try and whip something like that up. So home I went and, um, uh, and had a go. So I just have to say, you've no Jew in history has ever. Le- we don't learn to make our own bagel. I mean, the move of I'm going to bake my oh, own. This bagels. is the greatest love story ever. Told, I know this you is know? amazing. Like Fuck Tristan and Isolde. Like this is it right here. But I mean, you know, Jews. That's what we we buy our bagels. That's what the deli is for. Is like I don't. Has anyone ever heard? Does any? Does either of you have a friend who's ever made a bagel? No. There's no. a lot that we cook, but bagels. Yeah, no. Well, is going to learn. <laughs> yes, seriously. So how? I mean, how's it going? Do you feel like you've have you mastered it? I think I'm getting a lot better, yeah. So I started putting caraway seeds on them, which is just like if you're not putting caraway seeds on your bagel, you're wasting your time. So it's it's just essential. <laughs> you know, I like this first step towards your becoming a Jew, which is you've you're you're making bagels. By the way, I don't think any other steps are required. Is there- I think <laughs> yeah, this no, man, you're done. You're I mean, in. Man, if you want to, you're Jewish. We said so. We will send you the certificate I in mean, the, the mail. The the but you are planning oh, to that'd be good. Can you can you tell my rabbi? Absolutely. Can you let him know as yep. well. Yep. Are you actually you are studying for conversion? Um, I have just started to, yeah. Do you have any questions? I mean, before we let you go, the three of us, we're not actually rabbis, but we're better than that. We're Jewish podcast hosts. Yep. And so do you have any questions right. about Jewish culture, about about keeping a Jewish wife happy, about... Well, make bagels is a really good question. Yeah, I mean, step. right. You've got, the, you've got yeah, that. You know, I think he, he could teach us that, Mark. I don't think he needs any help in that department. I mean, guys, I don't want to throw shade, but I think I've got the keeping the Jewish wife happy pretty locked down. Uh, you're, 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 you're the master, man. Snap. All right. Ben Pickett, um, if you need anyone to officiate your wedding, Liel and I are both ordained uh, if it comes to that. And, Please serve um, bagels. You know, we'll do it just for the free trip to Australia. Fantastic. It's going to be in Perth, which is one of the nicest places in Australia. So that'll be fantastic for you guys. All right. Deal. Well, we will co-officiate. And, and you cater. And you- fantastic. <laughs> All right. Love it. Thanks, Thank Ben. Thank you. Take care. Spectacular. Catch Bye-bye. you guys. I didn't have the guts to ask him about the circumcision. Broadway comes to the 14th Street Y on Tuesday, May 21st. Join us at 7 p.m. for a conversation with cast members from Prayer for the French Republic, the Tony Award-nominated Best Play. Tony nominee Betsy Adam and fellow cast members Francis Benhamou, Ethan Haberfield, and Ari Brand will take part in a lively discussion moderated by the New York Times' Mark Tracy. They'll talk about the play's themes of Jewish identity, French culture, and Zionism in times of rising anti-Semitism. This event is part of 14Y's spring season of Jewish culture. As a Jewish community center, 14Y offers a variety of opportunities for people to discover, explore, and connect with Jewish life. Visit 14streetwide.org to learn more and purchase tickets to Broadway at 14Y. Our next guest is Jeff Hardman, co-founder of the Cleveland Bagel Company, which is taking Cleveland by storm. Hi, Jeff. How are you? It's the Cleveland Clinic of Bagels. It's just world. They are not cavalier about their bagels. Very well played. That was a wow. Look at you. That's a pun. Is that a sports joke? I've been working on that. That was a pun and a sports joke at once. I am changing. So, Jeff, you and your partner, Dan, have an unorthodox route to bagel making. Will you tell us about it? Uh, Yeah. We are not bakers. We were not... uh... You know, I, I was in software, and he was uh, he was working in logistics with uh, warehouses, and uh, we were neighbors. 
So, um, as Dan likes to say, he was blessed with the opportunity of unemployment, and uh, we were sitting in the back porch of our of our apartment building and wondering what to do. And he said, uh, kind of offhand comment, like, "Well, maybe I'll make bagels," and I jumped in. Um, so uh, we started it, um, played around with recipes for about six months, tried to figure it out. And about after a year, we figured we had something that was pretty good. Let me let me interrupt you right there. Sure. What's step one? What's okay? Okay, like let's do this. What does like day one look like? It has to do with the internet, right? They go online, find a recipe. Do you like Google how to make bagels, and then do you try it? Like how does that look? Yeah, we just used the first one that popped up on Google, and that's what we've been using ever since. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm serious because I really would not know where to start. (laughs) So, so day one is you know really just talking about what makes a great bagel, right? Were you guys even bagel fans? How can you not be? It's a bagel. So, so what? How would you describe your Cleveland bagel, like the the Cleveland bagel? So the Cleveland bagel. I mean, we tried to go, uh, you know, kind of old school. At first, we started to try to emulate how New York did it, you know, with the burlap and flipping it, and you know, a uh, high heat oven. And then we, you know, once we kind of got away from that and you know released the shackles of trying to do it New York style. We, we came up with our own. And, you know, I mean, really what makes a great bagel is the, you know, the crunchy, like slight crunch exterior and a very chewy center. So here's, here's kind of a, um, a, you know, popular myth, urban legend, if you will, that says that you actually cannot technically, physically make great bagels out of New York because bagels are all about the water. And unless you have our perfect, sweet, flowing water, uh, straight from the Hudson, the Adirondacks. from the Adirondack, uh, a peaks, melted glacier. Right. You absolutely cannot achieve that level of flavor. Yeah, uh, so that's total bullshit, sense. isn't it? Absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, so. and, and there's actually been articles written recently about that that it's just a complete myth. I mean, there are bagel companies. There's there's one down in Florida, and he claims that you know he's got the right mineral mixture for for people <laughs> you know, New York water and whatnot. I mean, it's it's a gimmick. Listen, you put in the hard work. You do, you know, you, you try out a lot of different recipes. You can get a great bagel. I mean, no offense, and this might shock you guys, but I mean, your Cleveland Bagel Company think our bagel is better than a New York bagel. Yeah, I'm not. I have to say, I I love bagels, and I'm excited to go to Cleveland at some point and try your bagels. Like, yeah, I'm I, sort I love, of rooting for you, I, but at the same time, but but I mean, I'm but but I'm not. You know, I'm not an obsessive. Unlike Liel, I'm not an obsessive by nature. You must encounter people like who do bagel pilgrimages. I mean, for every for every cultural thing, there's a, a community of obsessives. Obsessives, right? Like, have you t- could you say like have you have you had the obsessives walk in and like turn your bagel sideways, smell it, try it with different oh. wines, like. Yeah, we've 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 had people travel from all over the country. Uh, they come in. Yeah, some people really are are kind of. Oh, we'll we'll see about this, and they leave fans. You know, <laughs> I mean, they they come in. They've got this attitude. Uh, they have our bagel, and they leave fans. I mean, they, they'll take a picture with us. You know, they'll uh, you know introduce us to their wives and their kids. I mean, so yeah, you definitely have a community that is you know hardcore and. Thankfully, so far, <laughs> knock on wood, we've we've been able to appease them. And and in the wider, I mean, in the Cleveland community, have you what's what's been the reception of the bagels? Uh, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, I had one guy call me on the phone uh, the other day, and he said, "I have to tell you guys, I hate you." And here I'm like, you know, pit in my stomach. What did we do? This and that. And he's like, I was a big H and H guy. I used to live in New York. <laughs> he's like, I have to drive up and get your bagels every weekend, and I live 50 minutes away. So. Thank you. And, you know, I mean, it was all, you know, tongue in cheek, but I mean, 
that that really gets Dan and I. I mean, we're really appreciative of those calls. So are you guys, how many stores do you have? Just one right now? Just the one. Are you uh, expanding? We're at our second location. Yep, yep. We're looking at our second. Is location. Is your second location on the Upper West Side of Manhattan? Because it kind of should be. Uh, <laughs> that would be that would be a shot right. Yeah. Across, that would be. I mean, come on now. Listen, that that's that that's our dream. Is that, you know one day we're gonna we're gonna open one up in New York and, and show you guys what real bagels like. But first, Akron, Toledo, <laughs> maybe Pittsburgh, okay, West Virginia, so, uh, <laughs> you know, Havana. Uh, you know, who knows? So you know, Havana needs bagels too, right? That's so you're, up you're making bagels in Cleveland. Has LeBron ever had one? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. We have had a phone call with him, but uh, yeah, where he requested a cinnamon sugar bagel, and and you were like, him, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, funny story. Actually, I ended up hanging up on him that day. You know, because conversation was done. I hung up, and Dan looks at me. He's like, "You just hung up on LeBron." I'm like, "Ooh." <laughs> You're like, he wanted a cinnamon bagel. Yeah, he's, I he's can't just wrong. <laughs> so I'm a. Su- well, we do. We do have a, a cinnamon sugar cranberry bagel with a little bit of orange zest in there now. So, so not a real traditionalist. So, yeah, it's about the same, man. That's um. That doesn't go over well in this side of the uh Well of Lake Erie. Every other bagel is traditional. So we, we go very traditional on the bagels. We go untraditional with our schmears. Oh what, so, what what do you got? Yeah. Uh schmears, I mean we do like a cherry goat cheese, uh we have a thyme black pepper horseradish, uh we do a cheddar chive, uh we do black garlic uh schmear, uh blueberry lemon mint. So we've got about I don't know, roughly about thirty that we've that we played around with. We did a Reuben schmear once. Uh, with you know sauerkraut and caraway seeds and that and sounds disgusting. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. That's 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 disgusting. Great. What are you a, talking about? Okay, as somebody who it's has great. dreamt who has dreamt of opening uh, a small business of my own, in my case, would be a combination bookstore slash vinyl records. Uh, okay. Do you end up loathing the store? Like it's called cliche, cliche by Oppenheimer. <laughs> Hey man, that was no, not, that was cold. Do you ever just think like the last thing I want to do is go open this door, or do you have minions to open the store for you at this point, and you're you're home watching ESPN no, we're, we're, in your pajamas? We're, yeah, we're still in the thick of it, so uh, we still come in uh, most every day. Um, no, the only the only thing uh, that I that I loathe is waking up at three thirty in the morning. That's it. I mean, that's that's half the battle is waking up early to get these things out. So, uh, no, do you start well, making them in the morning, or is that just for delivery? That's uh, we start making them at three thirty. Yeah, we do a bunch of wholesale accounts, so we've got about twenty twenty locations that we deliver to each day. So that 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 starts at four a.m. Uh, the shop opens at six thirty. Um, so amazing. Got to get up early. Do you still like bagels? Yeah, really. Yeah, Aren't you like? Yep. I mean, dead sick of them. I, no, not not sick of them. I mean, I don't eat them every day. Uh, you know, probably every other day I'll try one just to make sure that they're they're on point. I think Dan's about the same way. Um, but uh, no, still still love the bagels, but guys. Our bagels are that good that I'm not sick of them. We're wow. going to come to Cleveland. Yeah, I got to tell you, you know, I kind of think we'll I'm driving up to it. Cleveland to, now, to do this now. Are there, how Jewish is the bagel scene there? Like, I know there is a historic community of Jews in Cleveland. It's actually a big center for Reform Judaism. Uh, yep. Like, is, do, okay, do gent, do non-Jewish Clevelanders read bagels? We just talked, as Jewish, we just talked to an Australian guy who was like, I just thought bagels were American. That's <laughs> uh, funny. I, I Well, I mean... So if you go through bagel history, I mean, they, they uh, you know, uh, nobody's exactly sure where it started, but uh, they, they believe it was Poland. And the, uh, you know, um, Polish uh, Jewish population brought it over to New York. And then you have the section that, you know, settled in Canada and Montreal. And that's where you have kind of the difference. You've got the Montreal style, the New York style. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the history is, is varied, but... There's a ton of cultures. I mean, they don't call it a bagel, but most cultures, I mean, Africa, um, Asia, they, 
they have a bagel type of product. You know, yeah, but brown, I mean, is your store totally? But is your store in Cleveland? Is it kind of like? Is it a? Is it a Jew store? Is it where Jews congregate, or is it just where no, bagel lovers congregate? It's just where bagel lovers come. Um, you know, it's 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 open to all. I mean. <laughs> You know, Dan and I are both boys, so you know it's uh, it's the two non-Jewish guys uh, opening up a bagel shop. What does one even well, say? We're America. so happy to, America, pass, America, to pass the torch <laughs> on to you, Jeff Hardman. Thank you so much. Uh, Cle- Clevelanders can find the Cleveland Bagel Company, um, their wares around the city, and at the corner and, of and, and we'll, some fat New Yorkers. And will we'll soon be, be, we'll be yeah, we'll be in Cleveland soon to, to test them out. Thank you so much, Jeff. All right, thank you guys. Thank Have you. Day. Happy Passover. Chop the nuts. Pound the dough, bake it up, nice and slow. Then you got a Toledo, Toledo surprise. Now sell it! Hit the peach, peel the skin, mush it up, throw it in. That's a tasty Toledo, Toledo surprise. Now you cook it, beat it up, then you sweet it up. Our next guest is Rabbi Moshe Rosenberg. In addition to being a congregational rabbi in Queens and a high school teacher, he is the author of the unofficial Hogwarts Haggadah, which is currently, what is it, number nine on Amazon? Last we checked, I think it was number nine or ten on Amazon. Like this is— Overall Amazon. I mean, it is the intersection of everything perfect on the internet. Judaism. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Self-publishing. That's amazing. It's amazing. Chelsea Clinton tweeted about it. It It's on fire. And he's the father of Tablet's own Tweetmaster— and writer, Yair Rosenberg. So, uh, Reb Moshe, thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Okay, so... So, why is your Haggadah different from all <laughs> other Haggadahs? What an original question. Thank um, you. It is different. Um, in one sense, it is different because it is the first Haggadah that ever tried to combine the magical wizarding world with Jewish tradition. But in one sense, it is just like so many other Haggadot, which are seeking to make fresh and new a story which can get stale and old. Rabbis and spiritual leaders throughout history have been trying to find some way of introducing it to a new generation in their language. Now, when you hit, really what I'm trying. when you no, you're you're a serious nerd. I mean, you've written for Tablet uh, about Star Trek and and. Judaism, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And, you know, you're probably into Philip K. Dick and, you know, Anne McCaffrey. You're probably into dragons and all that shit. Like, you're you're a nerd. And... Well, uh, in general, yes. You may not have the exact right names, but the idea is correct. Yeah, I don't know. My sci-fi, my fantasy, they're all the same to me. I'm more more Jim Butcher and and, and Joseph Corey right now. Ooh, okay. Yeah, well, Liel, Liel... Nodded approvingly. Makes sense. So, at that, so you were obviously you're a Harry Potter fan. Was there a moment when you thought, "Oh my God, I have <laughs> the best idea ever"? <laughs> this is gonna kill. Um, I definitely thought that this was a very natural thing to do. I thought it was a no brainer. I was totally shocked that nobody had done it before. I pitched it originally to some real publishers and distributors, meaning not me some traditional publishers and distributors, and they said, you know, check out to see if anybody has done it. What are the comparables? And I was shocked. Somebody had done some sort of a parody of one thing in the Haggadah, but nobody had ever taken it seriously. And I said, why not? Is it only me because I've, you know, done all of this type of stuff with my students because I think weirdly? But it's all 
it, it all corresponds. I mean, education, it's all about education. It's all about relationships between teachers and students and parents and children. It's all about good and evil and slavery and freedom. So forgive me if this is uh, addressed in the Haggadah, because I've only received mine yesterday. I haven't, I haven't looked at it yet. But So do the four sons belong to the four different houses of Hogwarts? So I never saw that as a direct correspondence. I saw it as a the wicked one idea. isn't Slytherin. It's not. It doesn't work like that. The Sorting Hat doesn't know where to go. No, I don't think so. I think you can make arguments that they're all wise sons in some way. They just have different types of talents, different learning styles. I mean, we're talking here more Howard Gardner and multiple intelligence than we are, you know, simple, you know, wicked and not knowing how to ask. If you box yourself into those categories, you're going to come up with something artificial. But to me, it says that when you want to teach kids, you have to take their differences into account. And it's, it doesn't say it. That's, that's exactly what Solomon says in, in the book of Proverbs. Educate a child according to that child's own way. I mean, now we call it student-centered you know, uh, learning and so forth. And it's more and more possible with technology. But in, in, in Solomon already knew this, and I'm just, you know, giving it a different name. So this isn't your first Harry Potter-themed Judaism book. Um, you wrote in 2011, Morality for Muggles, Ethics in the Bible and the World of Harry Potter. And I know you've been using Harry Potter as a sort of a lens to teach young people about Judaism. What makes it such a good tool? Well, first of all, I love the book. I couldn't do this if I didn't enjoy the book. Nerd. There are other books that my kids read that I just, I, I don't, I can't touch. They just don't speak to me. This did speak to me. But then secondly, um, I, I just feel that good literature is all about the human condition. And it really expresses the human condition well. But I think the most important thing is once I loved it, and once it is expressing the same things that I was trying to teach them, it was something that every one of my students shared. They all do it. It is a language, a new language that I shared with them. So if someone is trying to teach exactly what I'm trying to teach, or almost exactly, and my students all know what it is, and they speak the language uh, it would be criminal not to use it. I mean, people, teachers are always looking for new vehicles and new ways. You know, the Dukna Magic might have talked about, you know, a wagon driver and a horse, and the Midrash might talk about a king and a princess. Uh, so we talk about, you know, wizards and warlocks. Reb Moshe, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, uh, have, a, have a wonderful, liberated Passover. It's my pleasure, and you should have... An enchanting Passover and a spellbinding Seder. Yeah, you can retire now, man. That's it. You're, you're done. <laughs> Thanks so much. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 You smile, the song begins. You speak and I hear violins. It's
Hey, J. Crew, it is time for some pod biz. Tonight, May 16th, I will be moderating a Zoom conversation with Rabbi Sharon Browse and Shai Held about each of their new books. That's at 6 p.m. Eastern and the final event in my Unpacking the Book series with the Jewish Book Council and the Jewish Museum. This one's on Zoom, so no matter where you are, I hope you can make it. And tonight is actually a doubleheader for me. If you're in the New York area, I'll be at the Marlene Meyerson JCC Manhattan at 7.30 tonight in conversation with Israeli rapper and singer Jimbo J. He'll be performing and there will be delicious Israeli food from Chef Mushka, who made the famous Horosets at our Passover pop-up. You can find links to register for both of those events at tabletmag.com slash unorthodoxlive. We also have some great events coming up for Tablet members in person and on Zoom. On May 16th, Catherine Wolf will be in conversation with Jews who refuse to back down against hostile crowds in various arenas, from municipal buildings, school board meetings, and of course, college campuses. She'll be talking with Club Z's Masha Merkalova, Safe CUNY's Avraham Goldstein, Attorney John Kovac, Mel Waldorf, Steve Goldberg, and UNC Chapel Hill student Daniel Stumpel. Also coming up, a warm and intimate Zoom for those who have lost friendships since October 7th. That's on May 21st and will be a great chance to connect and meet new people. And on May 30th, an in-person tablet meetup in Washington, D.C., hosted by Tablet's executive editor Wayne Hoffman and Catherine Wolf. That'll be at Charbar at 6 p.m. You can become a Tablet member at tabletm.ag slash UO member and get more information about all of these events. Okay, back to the show. And now, all the way from Israel, um, one of my favorite Israelis, tablet contributor, rock star, uh, food columnist, and expert, Dana Kessler. Boker Tov. Boker Tov. Um, it's not Boker over there. It's Boker over uh, here. No, it's, not really. It's, it's Boker really. in America. So, uh, Dana, like you, I, I grew up in Israel, and, and like you... I kind of realized very early on that we don't really have bagels. What's the deal with bagels in Israel? I know we don't have bagels. I mean, we don't have what you would call a bagel, what you call uh, a Jewish bagel, I believe, or just a bagel. We call we actually call an American bagel, which is kind of strange. We call it an American bagel, and we don't have very much of it. There, there is one chain or maybe two that, actually do sell them as uh, sandwiches with various fillings like uh, like hummus you know, and china and or, falafel and no i think more more a bit more high end than that uh, like uh, egg salad but but we do have I something else trying, right we have to be like a bit like a brooklyn or something like that right but we do or, have bagel you know, tell us about bagel yeah we have bagel yeah okay so bagel um is quite confusing because we have various things called bagel there's one thing which is a Romanian bagel, a Romanian bagel, bagel romani, um, which is hard, and it comes either with uh, salt or sesame seeds on the on the outside. Uh, it's not something you typically typically make a sandwich out of. It's something you buy like in a grocery store. It's really like a cheap thing, and you just eat it whole like a pretzel sort of. Then there's the Jerusalem bagel, which is flat. It's like oval and it's long. It's like with long oval thing, which is a bit hard to explain, and it's uh, much softer, and it's like with sesame on the outside, and it's a bit sweet. You can, you can like dip it in olive oil, like break a piece, dip it in olive oil, and then in zatal, and you eat it like that, and it's like really exotic, and tourists love it when they, they go to like Jerusalem to the market and stuff like that. Mark, did you have it when you were in Jerusalem? I, I did not. I was, uh, I was too busy studying my Jerusalem Talmud to, uh, to eat the, like it's the, the <laughs> so for every, for every Talmud, you have a bagel. You have Talmud, you have bagel Bavli, bagel Yerushalmi. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I did not, I had no bagels there. I had a lot of croissants. 
in Tel Aviv. So the, Tel Aviv, but in Jerusalem. No, Jerusalem. So the bagel chain that sells them, are they like comparable to like a bagel you find in New York? Yeah, I think they're okay. I, I don't have much experience with New York bagels, so I don't know. Probably yeah, they're, they're, they're better. Donna, they're not good. <laughs> Sorry. They're not good? No. Tel Aviv does so many really? things so incredibly well. <laughs> but not bagels. But bagels is really not one of them. Well, probably because it's not Israeli, so it makes sense. That's right. But you have to try. There, there's a really very um, like retro, old school 80s dish called a bagel toast. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? No, what is it? No. It's, sort of, it's, it's like a... It's a bagel, which is similar a bit to the Jerusalem bagel. It's also with sesame on the outside, and it's soft. And they, like, uh, cut it in the middle, and they make, like, a, a sandwich out of it, but they toast it in, like, a sandwich toaster. And they put, like, cheese inside, or there's a really, really trashy version, which is with pizza sauce. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and so if you went to you uh, to cheap bars in the 90s, that's what you were eating. Exactly. So it's fried. It's basically Israeli fried It's like dough. a panini, basically, <laughs> but with, uh, with a thing. Uh, so the, the most trashy thing, and you still can find it outside of Tel Aviv. No respectable place in uh, Tel Aviv would ever serve <laughs> it. <laughs> so that's a joke, maybe, like a retro joke. Um, but, yeah, in the 80s and the 90s, it was super popular everywhere. It also has olives inside. It's like really. Ooh. That's, that's right. Dana, we, we, so what, while we have you on the line uh, on the cusp of Passover, tell us a little bit. What, what, what's, what's the bread situation in, in Tel Aviv during Pesach? I, I know that when I was growing up, there was this thing when you know, the holiday was over. There were like huge lines outside the you know, Arab bakeries. Literally in, bread in lines. Yapo, right? <laughs> Literally bread lines. Yeah, well, it's not like that anymore. And uh, you can find bread or pita, pita, pita bread or anything everywhere. Um, I'm not sure legally how it works. I think that maybe um, they get like fined for it. Right, legally but, you're uh, not allowed to display chametz on Passover. Wow, we all know that, right? Across the yeah, country, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. It's so against the law to display uh, it. So it's like prohibition. It's like you have to go to speakeasy it. for bread during yep. Passover. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> and do people do? I mean, I assume a lot of people in Tel Aviv don't keep Passover, right? Uh, no, just you know, just the religious people. The, so the rest you have to uh, stockpile most, beforehand. You sort of, you sort no, no, well, not anymore. Well, you used to. You used to stock up forehead or to go to, to Jaffa to buy, uh, to buy an Arab bakery to buy bread, but uh, not anymore. You can find it anywhere, I think. Maybe not in supermarkets, I'm not, I'm not sure, but in cafes or restaurants, they serve it as, as usual. They just can't display it. Um, they do display it. I think they just, uh, they, pay the fine. they just get a fine and, and they make enough money for it to be profitable. They just pay the fine. Because they know enough people will still buy the bread. And people buy double yeah. the bread. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. All the trendy places or cafes or something, they, they have bread as usual. So you don't really feel Passover as much as you used to. Dana, may, may you have a very happy and kosher holiday. And if you want to feel some Passover, you're very welcome to come here to New York. <laughs> Toda, toda. Will do. Thanks, Donna. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye-bye. That, I, know, got, I, I got sighted once. Uh, no, no, no joke. I was on a bus. I was 15 and stoned out of my mind. So I bought a beer, which is what I did in high school. I was drinking it, you know. Um, and a police, I, I, I forget how this worked, but this is a, like an off-duty cop on the bus. And he's like, kid, like. It's not, hey, kid, you're not allowed to consume alcohol in public. It's like, kid, it's Passover, and this beer isn't kosher. <laughs> well, the comic book and me, just us, we caught the bus. The poor little chauffeur, though, she was back in bed. On the very next day, with a nose full of pus. Yay, heavy and a bottle of bread. Yeah. 
So our next guest is Vince Morena, um, the owner of St. Viador Bagels in Montreal. And he's here to tell us a little bit about the Montreal Bagel. Which I didn't know existed till about a year ago when a place in New Haven started selling them. And then I discovered... It was an it's an important world historical. So Vince, let me thing. So, so let, let me start with kind of like you know an, an an easy obvious question. Could you explain to us why Montreal bagels are not as good as New York bagels? I cannot see <laughs> see what I did there. I so, yeah, I had to think about that question. It sounded a little tricky to me. You know what? You know what? My dad has a great saying: everyone's favorite bagel is the one they grew up on. Exactly, that is so, so true. So, 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 uh, tech, so if you ask a Montrealer what, what are their favorite bagels, they're going to say uh, Montreal bagels. If they, you ask a New Yorker what are their favorite bagels, uh, there, there have been some converts on both sides, but most of them will say New York bagel because that's what they grew up with. It's almost like a, a pride thing. Like right. it doesn't like you could actually like Montreal, like you would never admit it type of thing. Oh, Montrealers will go to war for their bagels. Let me be an, fact, let me be yeah. the naive here. Literally about two years ago, I was in the Coffee Peddler, which is a good coffee shop in New Haven, and they had a little sign next to a kind of glass display case, you know, the thing that they put donuts in with a, a top down there you can see through on top of it. And the little sign said, at last they've arrived, Montreal bagels. And inside oh. were these things I had never seen before. I did not know there was such thing as a Montreal bagel. What is a Montreal bagel? What makes it distinct from the bagels I knew? Well, the... The main difference I, I, I tell people is that we, we we never evolved. So so I'm sure bagels, uh, Montreal, and New York have a similar immigration pattern history. So the bagels came over with uh, Jewish immigrants in the early 1900s, and they were probably made about the same way. So they were all handmade back then, and uh, baked in wood burning ovens. Uh, and New York kind of went. Uh, you know, with progress and, and, and growth, they started to automate and the bagel got bigger and they baked them in gas or electric ovens, whereas we just stayed the same. We still make every bagel by hand. So our bagels tend to be smaller because, our, you know, the hand is, hands are certain size. So they're not, unless we get kids working, then we make mini bagels. Kids are, or, uh, you know, yeah. the president <laughs> of the giant, United States yeah. of America. Yeah. And, uh, and we still uh, uh, bake all our bagels in wood-burning ovens. So we use large wood planks and we bake them in small batches. So they're not, it's not a, an automated system. It's very much a labor of love and uh, it's an artisanal uh, uh, product. So we, every, we bake small batches, five dozen at a time. Every five minutes, five dozen bagels come out crispy on the outside, chewy and dense on the inside with a, a nice glow. Visitors to Montreal, I say one of the quintessential Montreal things to do is uh, go out drinking, hit the bagel shop at three in the morning, and get a hot bagel right out of the oven. I have to say, I was in Montreal um, last year. I did had my first Montreal bagel. I went to the shop; it was amazing. And then you just buy sort of like a, a cart, a container of cream cheese, and you dip. Yeah, and that's we, what can I tell do. you, so like, we, especially a nice summer night. You, that's you, you, like, exactly what I did. Four people huddling yeah. around the outside of the store with that's a container. Exactly what I, mean, I did in, the, in have, your store. Yeah, we have restaurants now. Uh, we're up to eight locations, so we, four of them are restaurants, and there are schmears in the restaurants. But the most popular sandwich by far is the bagel, smoked salmon, and cream cheese sandwich. Sounds delicious. So how did your family get involved in this bagel shop? Well, uh, the original founder of the bagel shop was a man called Meyer Lekovic. Uh, he was a Holocaust survivor, and he moved to Montreal in the early 50s. And so my dad was a, an Italian kid. He came over from Italy in 58. And at the age of 14, he started working at the bagel shop uh, for Meyer, and he never left. In 74, he became a partner. Uh, my brothers and I all uh, all worked there. As I always say, we had two educations. We we all did our schooling. We all had 
bagel school, you know. So we uh, we worked every summer. We worked weekends uh, as we finished our schooling. And then when we came out of school, we all went into the bagel business. And we, we bought the whole thing and started to expand. So in, in the United States, bagels are sort of seen as a Jewish food. Is that similar in Montreal? I mean, do you have a lot of Jewish clientele or is everyone eating the bagels? Well, in the, when my dad started working in the 60s, my dad speaks Yiddish. <laughs> that was uh, the the neighborhood was ninety percent Jewish, and the client the clientele was ninety percent Jewish. Uh, and then, come late sixties, early seventies, uh, we st- it started to get more and more popular. So it became more mainstream. However, I would say it really became uh, it really became mainstream late late seventies, early eighties. That's when everyone really started eating. But up to about. The late '60s was primarily a Jewish food. And do you miss those days? Was that was was that a, a, a do you, did you have any nostalgia for the Jewish scene? I do because there are a lot of characters. You know, uh, when I started working there, I mean, I'm I'm 46 now. I started working there when I was 13 in '84, and you had a lot of characters coming in. You know, and you had a lot of stories, a lot of you know. And in the '80s, you thought a lot of the the Holocaust survivors were all around. You would hear their stories, and and, it, and you know. The bad stories, but you also hear some great stories, you know. And and uh, Meyer was still around; his wife was still around. So the the Jewish scene was uh, was alive and well in Montreal, and still is. Uh, but it was it was different back then. I just want to say you're probably like more Jewish than we are, having run a bagel shop for <laughs> for your entire yeah. life. <laughs> we'll send you the certificate. Yeah, I, I just uh, I, I uh, I'm, uh, have a lot of Jewish friends, and we get we all get along. The Italians and Jews get along everywhere. Do you have any plans for Passover? Uh, we actually, the St. Peter Bagel, to this day, uh, doesn't close. We don't close for any holiday. Uh, so we're open. We, we just closed for, we used to, in the old days, close the whole week for Passover. So now we just close one day a year, and that's a, the symbolic day uh, for Passover. Well, thank you. That's, that's, that's a nice touch. That's, so we just <laughs> we close one day a year, and uh, I, I don't remember the exact where it falls in the Seders, but we close one day a year. And uh, it's a symbolic gesture to our to our predecessors. We and, love and that's that. like the angriest people in Montreal will get is when they find out that your your shop is closed, right? It is. Uh, well, we only close the main store, so the the other locations are still open. Uh, but people are, are some people are like, what? You know, they can't believe that we're actually closed the day day out of the year. Some people are like it's fifteen of Nissan already. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Vince Morena, thank you so much. We will be thank back you, to Montreal soon to have some more of your and, bagels. And Americans can order them online, right, at your website. They can, yeah. So, we, we actually we get so many orders now that we uh, we drive a truck over the border uh, and we ship them from the states just to lower the shipping. Cost I'm looking at your order. website. It says next shipping date for the U.S. Tuesday, April 11th. So, so like we can get we can get in yeah, on this. We 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 go down every two weeks. I like oh, the nice. visual of like you opening the truck and just like Jews <laughs> running at it. <laughs> What do you got in the back? Bagels. (laughs) Thank you. Thank thank you, you. Vince. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. It's just the way my day goes. Trying to finagle the bagel. Playing with the Legos. I'm talking about the gay, yo. I be in the mix, in the mix, in the mix, in the mix. Our final guest today is Shannon Sarna. She is editor of The Nosher, which is an online food site at myjewishlearning.com slash the hyphen nosher. And she's also the author of Modern Jewish Baker, Challah, Babka, Bagels, and more. 
She comes to us today from a photo shoot in New Jersey. What are you shooting, Shannon? So we're doing the thing. First of all, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you for being with us, Shannon. <laughs> I love tablet and I love unorthodox and all my friends were so excited. That I was gonna be on the podcast. Do you want to give a and shout we out? Love, to we any- love you and we love bagels. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> friends do you want to shout out to right now? <laughs> oh my, I'm, I'm going to shout out to Mariel Messing, who I grew up with in my neighborhood and whose mom used to call my mom her favorite shiksa. Oh, so, I passed away. So a blessed memory. Thank I you. called my mom's friend, Jenna, my favorite shiksa. I'm just kidding. I didn't call her that, but, <laughs> but she was, she was <laughs> real. No, no, it was totally not awkward. I feel like today it would be more awkward, which I don't, I don't know if that's a good or it was bad said thing. with love. So you're half Jewish. Like what's your, what's your shiksa quotient? Do you feel Jewish? Do you feel half? Do you feel well, she runs the nasher? Like, yeah, I guess, I guess you've, you gave it the office. Now you have the it's t-shirt up now. for lost time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, I feel very New Yorker, you know, like I feel like I so I'm a pizza bagel, you know, I'm half Italian and half Jewish. The best phrase and, ever. Right. Like and I feel very quintessentially Italian Jewish New Yorker. And I think when I tell people that that might have known me for a little while, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I got it. But at some point um, you had to throw down and be like, I'm going to be the Jewish cooking maven. Right. That you, you didn't become <laughs> you didn't become the cannoli maven. You became the nosher. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was a conscious decision. I woke up one morning and decided I'm going to have a circumcision and we're going to do this. Ouch! Um, yeah, <laughs> going all the way. I went all the way. Um, it was a pro- it was a process over many over many years, which is, as I, as as they say is a parsha for another time. But uh, at a certain point, I did very much embrace the Jewishness, and I married a nice Jewish boy, and we belonged to a very wonderful synagogue in South Orange, New Jersey. Shout out to. Bethel. Um, we're gonna. This interview's been so great. We're gonna stop right now. We're not even. We're not <laughs> okay, even so, talking about so, so, so you say you identify as a New Yorker. Are bagels Jewish? Are bagels New York? What are they? I mean, so bagels have a really interesting history, um, but I think bagels are like Jewish deli in some ways. Is that they're really they're really New Yorkish. Um, you know, they came from Europe. They came from Poland. They were European in their origin. And they, like New York pizza, you know, took on a life of their own in the Lower East Side. And then, you know, after the 1930s through lenders, really, really. Hold on one second. We My love dog your dog. We love your dog. Bobka. Bobka. <laughs> of course your dog is named Bobka. Amazing. This is, this is amazing. This interview gets better with every second. I'm so sad I can't be there in person. Would you have brought Bobka? <laughs> yeah, Bobka needs to come. Does Bobka ever play with Adam Sandler's dog, Matzo Ball? <laughs> All the time. We have a standing pleading. Yep. But not during Pesach, obviously. So what's your favorite bagel recipe? Well, I mean, my own, obviously. And what makes it so good? Um, why is it so good? So what I found was so interesting in the process of researching bagels was that it was less about the recipe. You know, all of the recipes more or less started out with Four cups of flour, water, yeast, a little bit of salt. But it was really the process. And of all of the, the recipes I've created, challah and cookies, whatever, um, it's like the, the labor of love because you really have to take the time to do it right. You have to make them the night before. You have to like make the dough the night before. You have to let it sit in the fridge overnight. The dough consistency has to be just right so that the bagels keep their shape, so that they have that gorgeous, like, shiny crusty exterior and then when you bake them that they stay crusty on the outside like a real new york bagel they're not montreal bagels 
your crusty New York chewy awesome bagel. So that I mean that was our next question, which is you know we've talked to the Cleveland bagel people, the Montreal bagel people. We talked to to, to an Israeli uh, food writer who said they don't really have good bagels over there. Like, is it mm-hmm. is it all New York? Is it New York, New York, and New York for you? The only people I've ever heard really like really push up their bagels is the Montreal people. They're really pushing hard. And they're delicious. I was in Montreal recently. I tasted them, but they're just not the same. And I don't, I didn't grow up with like so many Jewish foods so firmly like entrenched in my brain and taste buds, but bagels I did. Cause bagels like an equal, you know, it's like a, it's like the great equalizer of Jewish it's life. It's a democratic food. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too religious. Everyone wants a bagel and schmear on Sunday. And, uh, I have that taste that muscle memory of what a bagel should taste like to me. And for me, it's just, it's all New York or nothing. That's like, and not even just any New York bagel. Like, you know, you have the spots you go to for your bagel. So, so that we're talking about the purity of the New York bagel. What is like the biggest Shonda in recent bagel trends that you, that you think? Is it like blueberry cream cheese? What is it? So, you know, as somebody who plays around with traditional Jewish recipes and makes them more modern and millennial all the time, it's hard for me to say, like, something's a Shonda, but I will say that I was pretty horrified at the Flaming Hot Cheeto Bagel based <gasps> on the place in New Jersey. Oh, my God. That's offensive. Yeah. 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 So there's a, the, what, the best way I can talk about this is, like, when somebody says to me, like, why do you make all these crazy challah flavors? And it's partially because, like, to me, I didn't have, like, one challah that's the challah you go back to. I do kind of have that like one idea of what a bagel is. So the the, the Oreo cream cheese bagel, the uh, you know those kind of like don't really don't really do it for me. Although I did make multiple flavors of bagels from my cookbook, so you know it's I think it's such a personal balance of like what how do you keep the sanctity of the bagel, <laughs> um, but not go too far. And for me, the flaming hot Cheeto bagel is uh, is just the, the abomination over the line. I have to yeah. say, I, my favorite thing line. that you've written for tablet is the the candy filled challah, which is covered in yeah. sprinkles, and it's like a Halloween treat, and it's beautiful because yeah. I think it's what you're saying. It keeps the like this idea is like you eat it with your children. It's a family thing. It's a it's still a challah. It's beautiful looking, but it like has a little I, extra punch. I think, and the reason I did that was because ha- Halloween and Shabbat fell on the first on the same night. Halloween and ha- Halloween. Halloween. Pe- people and people in equal parts were horrified. How dare you, you know, talk about Halloween and Shabbat and other people who are like families like me, for whom like they have little kids, and how do you balance, you know, wanting to do Shabbat with your kids, or just like wanting to do Shabbat in general, even if you don't have kids, and also like, you know going out and being in costumes and stuff. And I think you can replace that with whatever the holiday tradition is. And it's a balance. I really feel like we're all just like navigating this space of, uh, you know, meaningful Jewish life that's modern and, and has sprinkles. hot Cheeto bagels. So, so, you know, we're recording this bagel show to run right before Passover is sort of like a, a wink at the fact that we are like, you know, getting as many bagels on as we can before we have to eat matzah. What's like a really fun matzah thing that you do with your kids for Passover? I did do this really fun, funfetti matzah cake. It's like layers of like frosting and matzah and then like more frosting and lots of sprinkles on top. And it's really beautiful. So you're like hiding and the matzah inside all the frosting. Yeah. I mean, it's really healthy. 
You know, there's no <laughs> natural. Oh, it, sounds, it sounds so nutritious. So, so you identify as a pizza bagel. I think pizza bagels are the most delicious food because they combine two of the best things. Do you make them often? I, I, I do. It's like, a, it's like I have a pizza bagel as like a, as like a comfort food yes. all the time. <laughs> and in the book, there's going to be a whole spread of pizza bagels, different ways you can make pizza bagels. And I tried them all and I, I, I still go back to just like, you know, tomato sauce and cheese and broil it. And it's just perfect deliciousness. Um, Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful Passover. Shannon Sarna is editor of The Nosher, and her book is Modern Jewish Baker, Challah, Babka, Bagels, and more. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Shannon. Passover season mazel tovs, Liel? Yeah, uh, a big, big mazel tov to a former guest, tablet sometime contributor Bethany Mendel, who is about to give birth to kid number three. And also uh, for introducing me to the Instant Pot, the greatest kitchen gadget ever, of which I had recently bought a second. A and second? And which would make the Seder much easier. So mazel tov, Bethany. Chag sameach. You're not... In the superstition thing where you don't mazel tov, you don't talk about the babies before they arrive? I guess you're not. I guess I'm not. I guess you're, I guess you're not. I hope Bethany isn't either. Surprises. <laughs> this won't air till, thir- till next Thursday. There so could be a fine. baby by then. Stephanie. I want to say Leo's been pushing me to get the Instapot, but now because of like being engaged, I have so many like uh, appliances that I didn't have before and I have room for zero of them. They're so all, I have like a rice obsolete. cooker, a toaster. Yeah, the Instant Pot is all these things. It's obsolete. <laughs> it's all of them? All, all these things you have are, are obsolete. obsolete. What the about Instant like on Passover you're supposed to recline, but if it's an Instapot, you don't have time to recline because it's so fast. The Instapot is actually a pillow also. <laughs> it is for the Seder. What's your Mazel Tov, Stephanie? My Mazel Tov is for Julia Frakes, whose birthday is today. So by the time she hears this, we'll be a week old. So happy belated birthday, Julia. Yeah, Julia. And uh, my Mazel Tovs, I have two. One is to um, my bride, Sid, who, who's been cooking nonstop. When does she stop being your bride, I was about to say, I think four kids in, she's Do you like, know why I say wife. my bride? Because at some point, some person had a certain politics where they got uh, there was somebody who caused a ruckus about men who talked about their bride which i just think is a sort of charming and sweet way to talk about your wife and somebody thought it was like deeply anti-feminist and so i'm just it's just a kind of little do you refuse dig. to be alone with other women who are not your bride <laughs> only when drinking i'm actually only alone with my wife or mike pence's wife karen pence or sit up it's, it's no that's mike it pence prefers to be alone with men that's Oh, damn. He's only alone with Michelle Bachman's husband. Um, so my That's first offensive. one is to Sid, who really has been cooking nonstop for a couple of weeks now, and we have no room in our freezer for anything. Muzzled. Muzzled. Happy Passover, Happy bitches. Happy Passover. Indeed. Unorthodox out. Unorthodox is brought to you by Tablet Magazine on the interweb at tabletmag.com. Our show is edited by Noah Levinson and produced by Alyssa Goldstein and Shira Telushkin. Rabbinic supervision this week by Rabbi Moshe Rosenberg, author of the Hogwarts Haggadah. Go get it now. Kosher slaughtering is by the Pharaoh. You can find Tablet on Facebook and on Twitter. We're at Tablet Mag. Our music is by Golem. And we record in Argo Studios, which starting next week will be completely unleavened. We're proud to be part of the Panoply Network. Shalom, friends, and we wish you journeys out of whatever captivity you find yourself in. 